This episode of The Explainer is supported by Daft Advantage Ads. Selling a home is a huge financial decision, so make sure your property is on daft.ie, Ireland's number one property website. Welcome to the journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Laura Byrne, and this week, what is hydrogen power and could it replace oil, gas and coal? Well, we're all well aware now that we're living with the results of the climate crisis that presents a very real threat to the natural world and to human civilization. The well-worn path of fossil fuel usage must come to an end if we're to stand a chance. But alternative energy sources take a long time to find and are difficult to develop. Many of us will have heard of hydrogen power, touted by some as the magic bullet that's needed in the fight against global warming. But hydrogen is not without its problems, and while powerful business lobby groups will have us believe it is the answer, many climate experts believe it can only work if the right kind of hydrogen is developed. In short, when it comes to hydrogen power, well, it's complicated. So to break all of this down for us, I'm joined today by James Carton, Assistant Professor in Sustainable Energy at DCU and founder of the Hydrogen Ireland Association. He's also an academic advisor to the United Nations on hydrogen. James, many thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Laura. So just to kick off, we're not going to get too technical too quickly here for our listeners. So firstly, when we're having a conversation about hydrogen, why is it worth talking about? Well, I think um, you kind of uh, semi-summarized it in your introduction. Uh, when you look at the energy system and when you look at a full decarbonization of the energy system, you kind of soon realize that um, if we go fully wind and fully solar to produce energy in our energy system, we still have gaps and we still won't be able to um, produce enough energy when we want it from day to day. So that's kind of where hydrogen effectively is a really good candidate to kind of get over that hump. The other side of it is why we're talking about hydrogen at the moment and kind of more so over the last couple of years is we have a kind of compounding factors of climate change. Uh, we have energy security concerns and we have rising inflation and cost of living all predicated on fossil fuels. And the really interesting thing is that many, many countries across the world are looking at kind of options of how do we get off ourselves uh, from this addiction of fossil fuels? What energy sources are there, but more importantly, what energy carriers? And this is kind of where hydrogen fits in. It's potentially a really good energy carrier in our energy system. And are its climate credentials really anything to write home about then? Well, that's a really good question. And, and again, it's kind of um, a, a stick that is uh, that is uh, used to, to hit the hydrogen proponents. So currently across the world, you know, hydrogen is used um, in industry. It's used actually to make fertilizer. It's actually used a lot in petrochemical industry to, uh, to refine um, oil. But unfortunately, the hydrogen used in those in those uh, processes is almost entirely uh, fossil fuel based. So the credentials, the green credentials of, of that hydrogen uh, are not good. It produces lots of carbon as you produce that hydrogen. But I think there's a move towards more cleaner hydrogen um, used, produced differently, produced from wind and solar. And that's that ends up being better, uh, less carbon and even zero carbon uh, in the in the production process. So you're the expert here on hydrogen. I am absolutely not. And many of our listeners won't know much about it. So when we hear about hydrogen, we might not know much beyond the periodic table or hearing about, let's say, the hydrogen bomb. But what is it and what are the properties that make this useful? So hydrogen is a is a gas. It's odorless and colorless. But the really cool thing about hydrogen is that um, it stores a lot of or it holds a lot of energy in its in its molecule. 
And so it, it holds per kilogram a lot more um, energy than petrol, diesel, kerosene, etc. The other re- really um, interesting thing is that actually hydrogen is rarely found uh, on Earth, as hydrogen will say. So we actually have to put in energy into, into um, molecules such as fossil fuels and water to actually get hydrogen out. So actually hydrogen ends up being what we call an energy carrier. It's not an energy source. We have to put energy into something to break off the hydrogen and then use it as an energy carrier within the system. The really cool thing though about hydrogen is that when you actually use it, so whether you burn it or whether you electrochemically use it, you can, it actually produces water. So there's no carbon connected. Once you have the hydrogen, there's no carbon in, in, the, in the chain after that. And then the other interesting thing is, is hydrogen is no silver bullet, as you mentioned, um, but it does, it does have this um, ability to be used in many applications. So hydrogen can be used to produce electricity directly. It can actually be used to produce heat. Um, but also it can actually, it's a raw material for many, many chemicals that we use every day. So I think, you know, that kind of sets the scene of, of kind of what hydrogen is. And, and you know, it, it also gives us barriers and challenges to hydrogen. So hydrogen is very energy dense, but it's actually really hard to store. It's really a light. It's the, it's, it's the first period element on the periodic table. So it's very light. Um, so that means it's actually very hard to store uh, and compress. Uh, and it takes a lot of energy to do that. Um, so, so there's kind of the pros and cons, obviously, with hydrogen. So it's nothing new insofar as you mentioned, it's, it's used in the, it's being extracted from fertilizers. And so I, I take it it's the source of hydrogen extraction that can be problematic environmentally. Well, it's the, it's the energy, it's the energy that's used to extract hydrogen is, is the thing in question here. The question is how sustainable is that energy and how much, um, how much does that process impact the environment? Uh, how much does that process produce CO2 emissions? So hydrogen is used to make fertilizer. So you, you, you get the, the hydrogen molecule and the nitrogen molecule from the air and you join them together to produce um, fertilizer, we'll say. So the energy that goes into making that process is really, is that green? Is that low carbon or zero carbon? Is that coming from fossil fuels or is that coming from renewable energy? That's really the question for, for how green is your fertilizer then, if that makes sense. And so hydrogen is being talked about a lot now, but what are the historical applications of it as an energy source? So hydrogen actually hasn't been used in the energy system um, historically, let's put it that way. So the applications where hydrogen has been used, even in Ireland, actually, hydrogen is used uh, in Ireland um, across industry. So if you've eaten chocolate or you've eaten margarine, you've you've engaged with hydrogen. Um, it's used it's used predominantly actually in, to make fertilizer and oil products, etc. It's actually used to make semiconductors as well. So in Ireland, um, we, we do use hydrogen in industry to do that. As a fuel source, uh, hydrogen has historically been used in, in transport, um, you know, demonstrated over the last hundred years um, in, in different prototypes. It's also been used as a, you know, as a fuel. It's been burnt, uh, used in, 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 in heating processes, etc. Um, but it's not common and it's and because effectively the fossil fuels have basically been cheaper to, to, to extract and the, the inconvenience of CO2 hasn't hasn't really hit the, hit the mainstream until recently. And, and there is a lot of money being pumped into hydrogen development, I know. But um, as you say, we haven't quite reached that that cultural shift yet. It may have to come quicker than we think. But where does hydrogen not work well then, James? 
So, so yeah, so let's, let's, let's go back to this, this uh, silver bullet uh, versus silver buckshot. Um, the really interesting thing is that you have to look at, is it the best place to use hydrogen? So for example, let's look at going into the future. Uh, we have transport. Um, passenger cars, uh, that will most likely be battery because battery for that application is more efficient and it's more suitable and, and, and actually more cost effective to run. When you go into transport, long distances, heavy goods vehicles. Now you get an issue with, with batteries. So now you kind of go, well, actually, maybe hydrogen can, can, can have its, its advantages here from en- its energy density and actually get me my 1200 kilometer range or, or, or longer even, um, which would be beyond the capability of battery, for example. The other aspect is hydrogen has been used in heating before, um, but in your home heating, for example, there's really good um, electrification solutions such as heat pumps, and obviously solar panels. Um, so those applications are really way, way more efficient and cheaper than, than, than effectively putting a, a gas boiler that can, run, that, can, uh, that can use hydrogen in your home. However, if you flip that then to look at industrial heating, thousand degrees for, um, for, for heavy industry, okay, it gets a bit difficult now to use um, electric systems there directly. So gas systems, um, moving away from, from the fossil gas that's currently used in those processes, hydrogen is potentially a really good solution. Then you kind of look at other stuff. You know, when you go into to the chemical industry generally, there is, there is no real uh, replacement for natural gas. So hydrogen ends up being kind of the, the only one that's kind of useful there. The other application is, you know, this idea of moving energy around the world. Currently, we move electricity by cables from Ireland to the UK and hopefully soon to France by our interconnectors. And they're really efficient ways of moving energy, electricity, you know, relatively long distances. But if you wanted to move energy that you produce in Donegal and you wanted to bring it to, uh, I know, South Africa, it's a very long cable you need and you, and you have really big issues of, of bringing that cable and those electrons. So again, a carrier, an energy carrier will be very suitable to move that energy if you really wanted to move it that far. Now, you mentioned natural gas and we know that there are a lot of natural gas pipelines around the world, some of them hitting the headlines in the last year. Is hydrogen dangerous to handle and would it be up there with natural gas or even more difficult to handle than it? Yeah, so with every fuel comes risks. So, you know, da- danger is, is, uh, is relative to the risk of, of the fuel, we'll say. First of all, numerous studies have kind of, you know, looked at hydrogen and, and, and other gases, LNG, uh, compressed natural gas, um, piped natural gas, etc. A lot of the studies have kind of shown that hydrogen is as dangerous as current gases and fuels we use. So it's not worse, it's not better. But what it does come with, it comes with kind of safety warnings. So if you are handling hydrogen or natural gas, you know, the, the material, the tech, the material that it's traveling through has to be rated for that, for that um, gas. And um, the pressures that it operates has to be within a safety range and safety factor. You end up having double redundancy. So you end up having these kind of systems that are double safe. So if one system fails, that there's another system around it that doesn't fail, we'll say. So you, you end up having these complex system or engineering system solutions to to ensure the safety you know regulation and standards have hugely been you know developed and changed and evolved over the last 50 years within the fossil fuel industry but also within the um, renewables and industry and, and also hydrogen so yes hydrogen is you know hydrogen is definitely a risk element um interestingly 
hydrogen flame is invisible when you burn it in 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 daylight. That doesn't sound promising. Um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, so we, we always kind of say um, we we always kind of say if uh, if you're in if you're if you're creating a bonfire and you wanted to uh, to burn hydrogen. Um, you, you don't know if your fire is on or not, uh, unfortunately. Um, definitely, uh, you know, there's so whenever there's um, whenever hydrogen is is combusted or, or, or allowed into the environment in, 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 in industry, there's infrared cameras that actually track it. There are sensors that track it. So you have all these systems around it that kind of, you know, beyond your eyes will say that that look for it. The interesting thing, you mentioned gas grid there. There is developments around Europe that are trying to produce a hydrogen backbone of effectively hydrogen pipes mediating through Europe into the UK, down through Ireland, and even down as far as uh, North Africa. And effectively, the really interesting ther- thing there is that um, the majority of the pipes currently uh, across Europe are made of metal, and hydrogen doesn't really like um, metal that 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 well. So all those pipes will have to be. Uh, kind of a ceiling uh, put inside them so that the hydrogen can flow through it. Ireland's pipes, the majority of our Irish gas pipes are actually plastic. So they're actually hydrogen rated, interestingly. So um, so it's kind of really, really interesting to see where hydrogen will be used in moving it around in pipes. And uh, moving gas around in pipes is actually way more efficient. So again, this is a kind of a, if I need hydrogen at a certain place or location and I'm producing it uh, a thousand kilometers away, how do I move that energy? Is it better to produce electricity and move that electron around? Or is it better to produce this molecule and, and, and move this molecule around? So this is the kind of questions that, that, that people are asking around the world at the moment. Thinking of selling? Choose a Daft Advantage ads to guarantee unbeatable visibility, attract more buyers, and get the best price for your home. Ask your estate agent for a Daft Advantage ad today. So the production of hydrogen is quite controversial and more on that maybe in a minute, but what's the process to generate hydrogen for humans to use? Is there one set way to do it? So hydrogen can produce from a different a lot of processes. There's two main processes. One is fossil fuel based, which effectively it's based off natural gas. And effectively what happens is you, you crack natural gas. And then you, when you crack natural gas, you get carbon dioxide and, and hydrogen. And that hydrogen is extracted. So that's that's the kind of the main process used today across the world. The other process, which is becoming more and more uh, interesting and and certainly more sustainable and zero carbon, is is electrolysis. And I always kind of explain this as well. It's effectively putting electricity through water to produce hydrogen and oxygen. If you think of that, your electricity goes in, your hydrogen comes off. There's no CO two in relation to the to that application. One factor of that, it uses a lot of water, but interestingly, it uses less water than the fossil fuel industry to uh, distill out its, its, its components. So there's a, there's a, there is a water um, element here. There is a sustainability, a life cycle element here to, to really look at, to really see how truly sustainable the process is. But again, the interesting thing with hydrogen is that if it is produced renewably, it can be quite sustainable. The other thing to make I, I don't know, life more complicated or simpler, we have this kind of rainbow of uh, colors connected to hydrogen. So we call the, 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 the hydrogen produced from renewables green hydrogen. So, you know, showing that it has some, some credentials in relation to the environment that are positive, we'll say. And then we go back to black and gray hydrogen, which is fossil fuel produced hydrogen, which kind of just sh- shows the, the evidence that, that uh, hydrogen, you know, has c- carbon contained to it. From what you're saying there, 
not all hydrogen is equal then. So can you outline exactly what these colours are and why some of them are a little less uh, inviting than others? So basically, this is this is kind of interesting in the fact that we, we hydrogen is a colourless gas, but we kind of uh, have this uh, rainbow of colours to describe its, its, its sustainability credentials and how much carbon it emits effectively. So it goes from black to white and black effectively uh, and grey are effectively fossil fuels. They produce a lot of carbon uh, when, they're pr- when, it's, when hydrogen is produced. Then you have blue hydrogen, which is um, hydrogen produced from those fossil fuels, natural gas or coal, but actually the carbon is collected and it's stored underground geologically for thousands of years. So that's blue hydrogen. And then you, the other main one effectively is green hydrogen. So the green indicates that, well, there's actually no carbon connected to the production of it. Um, and, and the fact that this is produced from renewable energy, usually wind or solar. So why is there not a big rush then to just get the green hydrogen up and running? Is this an infrastructure thing or is this a lobbying thing or, you know, going up against a big fossil fuel industry thing? The short answer is we haven't really cared about moving off fossil fuels because fossil fuels are cheap and are handy and our entire energy system is designed around them. However, when you get problems and challenges such as climate change, carbon emissions, and you have challenges of actually getting those fossil fuels, such as energy security concerns across Europe and the world, then the focus turns back from fossil fuels onto going what's there. So I think we are literally in the middle of this situation where we are running out of time to reduce emissions and doubly the cost of fossil fuels have gone up because of energy security concerns. So the the, the time is ripe now, we'll say. Um, in addition to that, the technology, the technology has been around, you know, electrolysis has been around for 150 years. Hydrogen fuel cells that produce electricity have been around for 80 years. The technology is not necessarily the problem. It is just the impetus of, of the energy industry backed by government to actually support this, this energy carrier and to, to ensure that it's, it's used in the right way in the right place. And James, if we were generating hydrogen using natural gas, is it more or less efficient than if we use the gas itself for power? Uh, would it have the same impact on the environment as burning gas? Again, this is, this is kind of an interesting suggestion of, you know, should we use the natural gas uh, to produce hydrogen um, or not. So, well, first of all, natural gas, if you produce hydrogen from natural gas, you're producing CO2 emissions. So they have to be captured uh, and, and managed. And if you're producing the, the hydrogen from natural gas from a point source, that means there's a point source of carbon dioxide emitted, and that can be collected easier than using natural gas in the system where you have pollution issues in cities or, 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 or across the country, effectively. From that point of view, one could go one could suggest that producing hydrogen from natural gas is a stepping stone however if we are truly you know aiming to decarbonize our entire energy system we are going to have to build out wind and build out solar and electrify a lot of our energy system and really get rid of that requirement for fossil fuels because fossil fuels are only going in one way they're going up in price um, and they're getting less secure and the emissions do have huge impacts on, on, on our health, but also on the environment, but also on the, on the climate. From a perspective of which to do, certainly the maturity of electrolysis technology is, is scaling very quickly. And I think over the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot of projects come online and a lot of really interesting solutions to really challenging decarbonization problems. 
And James, so as you've discussed, green hydrogen is the best as it's produced using renewables. But one would ask then, why not just use that renewable electricity in the first place for power instead of making hydrogen with it? It does sound inefficient. The short answer is you should use all the electricity you can produce from wind and solar in everywhere you can um, and do that first. That's that's really the, the, the best, most efficient way of doing it. The real problem comes when you get to maybe 70, 80% of your energy system fully electrified. What happens at that type of point is that you kind of realize that for every turbine put in and every solar panel installed, you need more cables. You'd also have this issue of you've oversupply of, of electricity that you can't really do much with. And batteries can come in on this point and actually store some of that energy. But, but battery technology is, is not scalable to, to, to a country scale, we'll say. The idea is that you, you scale your renewables as big as you can to match your country. But at a point when it becomes economically uh, disadvantageous, or even physically, your, your neighbours in your communities do not want pylons and, and cables hanging around the place. <laughs> then, then you kind of go, well, Jane, is there another energy carrier here other than an electron to, to, to decarbonize our, our, our industry, our transport and our, and, our, and our homes? And really, that then comes in going, well, actually, we can put these pipes in, we can store hydrogen, and we can actually use that to either burn it or produce, it, produce electricity directly when the sun and, and doesn't shine and the wind doesn't blow. Certainly from my position and from my um, academic position, you know, it's never a, 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 a either or. It's never just electricity or hydrogen. It's never just uh, a fuel cell, hydrogen or, or battery uh, electric. It's, it's always both, but it's always in the right place at the right time at the right scale. And James, can you explain the issues then around using grid electricity instead of dedicated renewables for generating hydrogen? Is that a little bit like robbing Peter to pay Paul? Yeah, so so this is this is really a, a concern that that is evident within as we develop uh, hydrogen in the in the energy sector. We'll say the the credentials of hydrogen when it's dedicated. So if there's a renewable energy facility producing hydrogen directly. Uh, that's very good credentials for, for carbon, so very little carbon uh, intensity. Um, however, it gets a bit more complicated when we actually use grid electricity. Grid electricity could have maybe 60-70% fossil fuels on it. So now the question is, well, is that hydrogen produced from grid, is it really green or is it actually fossil? So this is a really conundrum that we're in at the moment. And, and, it, and it'll only be, it'll, this conundrum only happens now at the very nascent time for the life of, of the energy transition or, or even the hydrogen economy, because it's only going to happen now when there's very little uh, or relatively small amounts of renewable energy on our energy system. In the future, post 2030, we will have up to 80% renewables on our energy system. So then, you know, grid electricity connected electrolysis is not a big big issue there. It's only a small. So the real question is, at the moment, do we prioritize electrification or hydrogen production for the grid? And my suggestion would be we prioritize uh, grid electricity goes to the grid and hydrogen production um, from, from dedicated, we'll say. But you have to kind of look at how do you build projects? How do you build these early projects in that scheme? So I think... The European Union is is uh, is trying to uh, trying to develop regulation and policy around this exact question, and we will see how it kind of develops over the next couple of years. 
So you can see where the accusations of greenwashing have come in over time. But how far away then are we from true green hydrogen in Ireland? And what do we need from policymakers here to get us there? You did mention that we have the pipes in place. Could we ever become a leader in hydrogen development? Uh, I, I, I wish I wish we could be could be a leader in, in, in something really innovative like uh, the energy transition. For, firstly, there's there's actually there's a lot of um, really a lot of interest in Ireland around um decarbonization full stop electrification we're, we're one of the best in the world for integrating renewables but there's also a lot of a lot of interest around hydrogen what we've seen is that we have a huge potential for renewable energy in ireland and the the challenge is actually getting that electricity to the customer and and nearly every wind producer um and 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 solar farm in the country is looking at hydrogen because they want to sell their energy they don't really care if it's an electron or a hydrogen they want to they want to sell their energy so what you're seeing now is a number of semi-state companies actually getting planning for, for hydrogen facilities in Ireland. And uh, there's a number of um, uh, hydrogen production plants that, are, that have got planning uh, from private companies. Uh, and then also there's a couple of community projects that, that are going through planning to get access to, to produce hydrogen. So we're really at the very start, but it's a really exciting time because this is just at the very start. What's what's needed next really is is actually what's going to happen at the end of end of this month, we believe, where Ireland is actually going to publish a hydrogen strategy. Now, interestingly, we're probably not going to be a leader because we're one of the last in Europe to actually publish a hydrogen strategy. Um, and here was I full of hope. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 because we're we're quite late um, to, to the game, we actually can learn from what has kind of worked across Europe and what kind of hasn't worked. And I think that's that's going to be kind of uh, advantageous for Ireland. Well, James, I think you confirmed for us uh, what we said in the intro, which is that it's complicated, but there's a lot of exciting developments. So we really appreciate you coming in today to kind of give us a, a real in-depth look at how hydrogen is developing. Thanks so much. Thank you. This episode of The Explainer was supported by Daft Advantage Ads, the best way to sell your home in Ireland. Looking to get the best price for your home? Ask your estate agent for a Daft Advantage ad today. Thanks again to James Carton, Assistant Professor in Sustainable Energy at DCU for joining us today. You've been listening to the Explainer podcast by thejournal.ie. This episode was brought to you by senior producer Nikki Ryan and executive producer Sinead O'Carroll. And a big thanks also to Moira Shakar Rule for all his work on this episode too. If you'd like to support all the work we do here, head to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute to make a one-off donation or become a monthly subscriber. And of course, you can always leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.